Welcome to Hashtag Travel Talks. It's your podcast on the latest digital trends in travel and tourism marketing. And here's your host, Nolly Nicholas. So welcome to a new episode of Travelcast. And today I received Lorraine. Welcome, Lorraine. Hello. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> Thank you. So... I invite you because you did a webinar on the key influencer in China. So can you say, tell us more about the, the key ways to attracting Chinese traveler? Yeah, definitely. Um, I gave a previous webinar um, about uh, the importance of influencers um, when tourism boards or um, hospitality services are looking to attract um, Chinese travelers. Um, my, my background is in marketing and PR, um, and I myself have also been um, a, a bit of a small travel influencer for the China market. So that's where I, I get my experience from. And I think that a lot of people have this misunderstanding of what Chinese tourists are, are like. You know, they're still kind of stuck in, in the past. And when they think of Chinese travelers, they think of, you know, big buses of, uh, you know, 50 travelers and, and they arrive at a destination and they all get off and maybe they take some pictures and they're with a tour guide. And, you know, this is how it has been over the past five or 10 years. And so when you're dealing with this kind of Chinese traveler, you usually will work directly with the um, travel agencies, right? So you really want to make a connection with these Chinese travel agencies, and then they will sell your destination to the traveler. But in recent years, this has been changing a lot. And I, I think a lot of um, foreign tourism boards and, and destinations and DMOs um, haven't really caught up to the, the rise of the independent Chinese traveler. So nowadays, especially the, the younger generation, um, you know, what we would kind of call the like millennials or Gen Z, they are all about independent travel and they don't, they don't go to traditional travel agencies for information. You know, they get a lot of their information from online travel agencies like C-Trip or um, Booking or, um, I mean, there's lots of different options, but before they go to those sites to actually book their travel, they're getting a lot of their ideas for their destination and where they want to go from their friends, from family, and from online sources such as influencers. So nowadays, um, influencers have become a really important way to inspire Chinese travelers to, to visit your destination, much, much more so in the, than in the past. Okay, and uh, I would say, what are their say, main interests when they want to visit a place or a country in particular? When we're talking about these young tourists, it's really hard to put them all into one category. There's lots of different types of, you know, Chinese travelers. So, and it also depends on if it's their, their first time traveling abroad, um, or if it's, if they've already been abroad multiple times. So, you know, if it's their first time traveling abroad, then they're probably still going to be wanting to visit all of those classic tourist sites and getting the photos, you know, checking things off of their list. But if they've been abroad, um, you know, already, then they're really looking for more local 
authentic experiences. And, you know, more and more Chinese travelers are, are really focusing on, you know, maybe food or um, something adventurous, something more cultural. Um, but what's important is that all of these things, they, they like to take pictures doing all of these things. So if, you know, it, it's really important that if they're going to do something cool that they have to be able to get a picture of it because if they can't get a picture of it then it's like it never happened and the whole point is is not just that they want to experience it themselves but that they want to be able to share it on social media and show off to their friends and family so that's a really important aspect is no matter if it's food or visiting this cool mountain or um you know some kind of sport thing um you know they have to be able to get a picture of it that's that's really important yeah yeah so they're they're slowly becoming more uh more adventurous than you know maybe we would think of them as but um i still don't think that they you know they're maybe they're interested in doing some outdoorsy things but not to the extent that like some other travelers might, you know, they might, they might want to go to the top of the mountain and take a picture, but they're probably not going to want to hike up the mountain, like that kind of thing. Yeah. And you'll talk about social media. Um, what is say, the top platform for in China? Um, I mean, that's, that's difficult. Uh, there's several top platforms. Um, But I think for for tourism, probably the the two top platforms are going to be um, Weibo and uh, WeChat. So uh, I think these ones are probably the most common. You know, there's lots of other, um, I guess we would say smaller platforms. They're still very large platforms, but smaller (laughs) platforms um, that, you know, are good as well. We see there's um, a new platform that is really hot right now among um, young you know, uh, teenagers and college kids. Um, this platform is called Douyin. It's very similar to um, Musically. Okay. It's and um, it's a it's a like 15 second short video platform. And we actually see um, some um, like travel influencers starting to use this platform as well. So you know, yeah, I mean, WeChat and Weibo are the, the big ones, but it's it's definitely worth looking into some of these smaller platforms as well. Yeah. Do you know if there Uh, using, for example, when they are traveling, they are using other platforms like, I would say, Instagram? Uh, yeah, they might, um, especially if they are, I guess you could say, a little bit more sophisticated, a little bit more worldly from uh, first tier, second tier cities, then um, they, especially when they're abroad, they might use Instagram. Maybe if they're back in China, they might have a VPN and they might go on there. Mm-hmm. They definitely don't use it to the extent that we use it as far as like how much time they spend on it. Um, but they do know that it's what we use. And so they might use it for, for research purposes. And I think that a lot of young Chinese people who maybe study or work abroad will start to use um, Instagram as well. And then, you know, while they're living abroad, they tend to go traveling a lot. And so they'll, they'll use it a lot too. Okay. And can you tell us the importance of influence marketing in China? Um, yeah, I mean, influencer marketing, I think, is, is extremely important in China, maybe even more so than than here in the U.S. Um, because in which way? Um, in, in lots of ways. I think that uh, one of the big things in China is 
uh, that's different than here in the U.S. is here in the U.S., if we have a question about something, we often turn to, to Google first. And in, in China, they have Baidu, which is uh, the biggest search engine. Um, but a lot of people don't really trust the results from Baidu. They still go to Baidu to look for, for things and search for things. But when it comes down to down to it, they don't really trust the results. So then, you know, they might look at the results from Baidu and then go try to confirm those results okay. with somebody that they trust, whether it's, um, you know, friends and family or it's an influencer that they, that they follow. So, you know, I think that that's a, a big, a big difference. And then I think also just that, well, and this goes back to the, the trust issue is just that in, in China, word of mouth is really, really important. Um, you know, people really go to, uh, like I said, these friends and family or influencers to, to get information on things. They just, they prefer that over, um, you know, just information that they can find online anywhere. So, um, you know, once an influencer has built up their, their trust with their audience, they the, the audience really, really will, will listen to them. So I think that that's, and I think that, um, China is also a very um, mobile-oriented society. People spend a lot of time on social media um, platforms, uh, much more than websites. So they just have a stronger relationship, I think, with, with influencers. Okay, and um, let's say I am um, tourist world based in, I don't know, in Paris. And I want to reach an influencer in China. So how can I reach them or reach someone within China? Um, there's, there's a lot of different ways. I think that probably uh, that's going to depend on if you have a Chinese speaker on your staff or, you know, uh, yeah. someone that you work with that can speak Chinese. Um, because if you do, then, you know, they can probably go onto Weibo and WeChat and do, you know, do some searching around and find some of these influencers. And then usually the influencer will leave some kind of uh, information about how you can contact them and you can directly get in touch with them. Um, that way, a lot of these platforms also have, you know, like direct messaging capabilities. Um, if not, then there are a lot of, uh, you know, these agencies and influencer marketing platforms. Um, I think that people just need to be really uh, careful when they're working with these platforms um, because there's definitely, there's some great ones, but there's also some that... Um, Essential. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's just, there's, there's just some that... Um, will be uh, taking a large cut of the fees or, you know, maybe they're not really giving you influencers that are, that are necessarily the best influencers no. for you, for your um, business. So I think that you just need to find um, a really trustworthy one. Um, one that I have a, a close relationship with is called Park Lu, uh, P-A-R-K-L-U. Um, and they are, they're super trustworthy. Um, so if anybody is looking for, I, I highly recommend them. Um, there's, as I said, there's lots of other ones though. Um, but I think that they're probably one of the more trustworthy 
ones out there. And then luckily they they also provide um, content in English. So that's a big a big help. Also, but mostly they ask for favor when, for example, if I hire um, an influencer, they ask mostly for to be paid or to have some special access to somewhere. It really it really depends on the the size of the influencer. I think in general, Chinese influencers expect to to be paid. Um, so especially if they're a travel influencer, then, you know, they can't be doing everything for free because if they're just traveling everywhere, but they're not getting paid to do anything like they, you know, they can't pay their bills on that. So for them, you know, they really expect um, to, to, to be paid. And, but, you know, maybe if there, it's, it's a really great offer or maybe if they live in your area um, and so it's not that difficult for them to get there, you know, maybe um, that they will consider doing it for free. Um, also, you know, maybe if they're a smaller sized influencer um, that they, they would be happy to do it for free um, as well. Another option, you know, is working with an influencer that's not necessarily a travel influencer mm -hmm. that, you know, maybe they're a fashion influencer or something, something like that, you know, lifestyle kind of thing. Um, you know, maybe they would be more open to doing something for, for free. Maybe if they're, you know, they're going to be traveling there anyway, they, you know, and you give them a complimentary stay, something like that. Um, but in general, Chinese influencers do expect to be, be paid. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, because I know some, for example, micro influencer, they want just to be put in front of some product or not necessarily to be paid. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. I think if you find smaller ones, like, for example, me, um, I have a, a following on Chinese social media, and it's it's not a huge following. I mean, I it's a, it's it's a, in, in US standards, it's a decent size following In Chinese standards, it's on the smaller side, um, you know, but I don't expect to be paid when I have worked with um, hotels and other uh you know, attractions in the past, you know, I just say like, Hey, if you, you know, if you let me stay for free, I would be glad to, you know, feature you and my video and my photos and promote you to my audience. And I'm, I'm glad to, to do all of that for free because maybe I'm, you know, I'm looking for content opportunities and um, as well. So that definitely is out there, but if you're wanting to, to get, I think, high quality content from, you know, larger sized influencers that you definitely need to pay. Okay. And I was wondering about your, let's say, uh, career. How did you start to talk about influencer in China? Um, well, I guess I started because I um, had experience as one um, myself. So I... Um, did you live in China or... Yeah, I lived in China for um, eight years and uh, I was on a, a TV show in China. And um, because of the TV show, I started to, to grow a following online. And um, that kind of threw me into the world of social media and, and what it was like to, to have a following. And, um, and so that just got me really interested in social media. And because I was in China and this was all happening in China, then obviously I became very interested in Chinese social media platforms um, and so that you know then I went on to do PR and marketing um, 
and kind of learn about it from from the other side uh, as well. So I've I've kind of spent my career, um, you know, developing my own channels, but also uh, you know working with uh, brands to you know help grow their social media following. And can you tell us more about the culture in China? Because we heard some, or we can read some thing uh, here. But what is the the culture of communication in China? In in what sense? Could you elaborate more? Uh, it's how Chinese communicate with, between them because I think it's different that in the Western countries. And I uh, was wondering how if they have the the same sense of communication. Um, I mean. I guess that's just, it's still a, a broad question. I'm trying to think of, <laughs> of <laughs> a specific example of, of uh, the, the differences. I mean, there's definitely differences in communication. Um, But you, th you told me before that there are more, say, trust, to trust someone in the, in a uh, world to mouth communication than searching online. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, they they just they don't really trust um, advertising, or um, they you know they're very skeptical about uh, promises from from brands and companies. They're a bit jaded when it comes to that. So okay. um, you know, uh, I guess in in that sense, you know. Advertising doesn't doesn't work as well there because um, you know they're not necessarily going to to believe the the advertising messaging. <laughs> okay, so see, for example, if a country says yes, come to visit, I don't know Switzerland because of the, we have the lovely mountain, tasty chocolate. They won't trust it, that had, but they will ask their friend who had uh, go to. To right, right, right. They'll still, you know, maybe the the advertisement will will pique their interest, but you know, they're still going to, as soon as they become interested, then they're going to start asking other people who have been there. You know, what is it really like? Is it really that good? You know, <laughs> yeah. tell me more about it. So, um, you know, they and they tend to do a lot of of research before they they travel. Um, And they they tend to plan plan things out a lot, um, uh, you know, plan their itineraries. And even if they don't plan the itinerary very tight, they still have a list of things that they they want to do and they must do. So they they take a lot of time to to plan things before like they actually leave China. So it's it's very important to communicate. Uh, with them before they leave. If you try and, um, you know, grab their attention once they're already in the country, it's going to be much harder. Okay. So on a more personal side, so what was your most memorable travel? Hmm. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's a tough, that's a tough question. <laughs> um, I think probably most memorable um Two come to mind. Um, one was the first time that I ever really traveled abroad, um, and that was I went on a, a like backpacking trip to Europe. A very classic thing for a young American person to do, and um, that yeah. you know that really really uh, opened my eyes. Just uh, we went to uh, France and Switzerland and Italy, and um, 
it was it just, it was the first time I had ever been abroad. So it was, uh, that was really eye opening for me. Um, and then I think just my, my first trip to China, because like I said, I had been to uh, Europe, but going to China um, and especially uh, like I didn't know anybody and I, I spoke the language very, only, only a tiny bit, you know, just like the basics, uh, hello and things like that. So, yeah, so, um, you know, I think just getting there and it just, it smells different and the sounds are different and the food is different and the language, you know, it just, it was, it was really overwhelming on the, on the senses. So, um, you know, after I was there for eight years, it didn't feel that way, but when I first arrived, it was definitely overwhelming. Okay. And, uh, now thank you for your time. And how can you, can we reach you on internet? Um, probably the best way to, to reach me is on LinkedIn. Um, I have a website too, which, um, is, is just my name, um, laurenhallinan.com. Um, but I, I probably look at LinkedIn, uh, the most, so you can just search for me there. It's Lauren and then Hallinan is H-A-L-L-A-N-A-N. Okay. So, Lorraine, thank you for your time. And uh, so actually you're in China or in the U.S.? I'm back in the U.S. now. Okay. So I have to ask, you told me that you were in Tucson. In which place? Uh, oh, dear. I have to remember. <laughs> um, Interlochen. We went to okay. Inter Yeah. Yeah. We wanted to do some outdoor activities, I remember. So we went to Interlochen. Okay, so next time I'll try to invite you into Salon. Yeah, in I, would, I, would, I would love to go back to Europe. I've spent, you know, the past um, eight years in Asia. And so I got, I was, you know, had the opportunity to visit a lot of Asian companies, I mean, companies, countries. Um, but it's been since uh, 2007 was when I went to Europe. So it's been over 10 years. I really yeah. need to get back. <laughs> yes, you need, yeah. You have to. Yeah, yeah. It's a whole different feeling than, uh, than Asia. <laughs> of course. So, Lorraine, thank you for your time and uh, wish you all the best for this year. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. Bye.